Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. I am your host, and uh, who, sir, are you? Producer Matt Duncan. Cheers. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing pretty uh, okay. You know, feels weird to say well during these these mm-hmm. days, you know, but uh, if, you're, if you're doing okay, then that's great. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, uh, you know, you're well lit on our Zoom thing. I know. I'm, I'm have all sorts of shadows. I don't even have my ring light on. <laughs> this is just oh natural. Well, well, <laughs> you're you're rocking it. I don't know what to say. Um, let's uh, let's jump right into the biz. Uh, if um, if people want to find out more about us, like mm-hmm. you know, they've stumbled upon this podcast. Yep. Thank you very much. But um, how do they find out more? Well, you can go to our website, dunkspodcast.com. We do have our links there for all of the podcatchers. There's one that isn't up quite yet, but we are new on it. It's called iHeartRadio. Some people like to listen to podcasts there, I think. It seems kind of like an old school one. I'm not really sure. Took us a while. I had to apply a few times. I don't know. They're just uh, falling behind during the COVID, I guess. But we are on there on iHeartRadio if you do want to listen there. And uh, yeah, go to dunkspodcast.com. We've got all our links for our social media and podcatchers and everything else. Beautiful. And mm. uh, if someone wants to go like above and beyond and mm-hmm. they want to be like a, an investor, they, 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 they're they done in investing in Elon Musk and they want to figure yes. out where to put money. Yeah. You got your Bitcoins from Elon Musk and you want to put them somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, go to our Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash dunks podcast. Again, the link is on our website and we've got a bunch of different tiers there. Obviously you pay more, you get more, but if you know, you only got a couple of bucks and you want to join the Jeremy Lynn tier, you just want to support, we'll give you a, a steady shout out, uh, shout out, not a shout out. And, and, uh, you know, thank you for the support and that, that would be uh, it. We'd appreciate it. You know? Hell yeah. Uh, the heat waves broke. It's a bit muggy. Bit muggy. One might not think that, you know, folks are like combing the hat market for toques, but they are. Oh, yes. So, you know, we have our own market. So maybe you could take it from here. You know, we're technically under two months till fall. And, you know, once that fall drops, you're going to need uh, to keep your head warm. And you don't want your head to itch while it's trying to oh. be warm. Anti-itch toques is what we sell. Uh, Only thing on the market. I don't think that they sell anything like this anywhere else in the world. And uh, yeah, just uh, contact us. And uh, we do have a Shopify account where you can order online, where you can contact us through our like Twitter or whatever, and we will get it set up for you. 20 bucks a head top, you know. Hell yeah. Um, Well, yeah, that's that's it for our stuff. But, uh, you know, we've been... uh, talking about uh, everything that's been going on recently. Um, yep. The, the, the murder of uh, George Floyd, the defund the police movement, the black lives matter movement. Um, and obviously we're, we're trying to do our best and we're trying to um, not be a distraction and, and, and be involved in the solutions. And uh, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, uh, I was going to get, or I'd signed up to get 
uh, the Smashing White Supremacy Food Box from Food Share. Nope. Uh, it was hard to get on the list, but uh, they, I guess they opened up a bigger bracket of people. So me and my wife got in there and we just got so much amazing, like fresh veggies. Take us through First it. Of all, What's in there? So, okay. Yeah. First of all, there's a bunch of stuff that like, I didn't know. So there's like these blueberries, but they're not blueberries. They're bigger. Yeah. And they're extra smooth and like tasty. Like they're not like those, like those bluettes. You know what I mean? They're not like those like big grapes. Like, are they like, are they blueberries that fell in like the secret of the use Ninja Turtles kind of thing? I think so. <laughs> yeah. They seem pretty magical. But yeah, yeah. My, my wife made like a big kind of like veggie squash uh cash casserole thing was nice. it was amazing so um yeah uh sign up to food share if you can uh you know support as many um local black businesses as you possibly can and um let's let's kind of keep this movement going and uh make sure it doesn't turn into a, a moment as they say but uh let's jump into some basketball uh matt if you feel like we're ready to go just give me the the sweet words okay okay Okay, let's uh, let's bring on guest number one. Um, he's uh, the number one person in my heart. That includes my entire family and everyone I've ever met. This is my soulmate now. Um, hardcore basketball fan, one of the best comedy producers in the city and probably the world. Um, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're by yourself at home, for Dan Gallia. This is your track, man. I hope you remember it. <laughs> We're sticking it. Is there a beat drop in this one or is it just like a slow simmer? It's just like Dan looking out over, you know, the river when he's doing his shows. Yeah, it's thinking, really chill. Thinking about the state of the world. Yeah. That's so me. That's so me. Dan, have you ever performed like not near a river no <laughs> that's actually so sick uh okay dan's hilarious this is great um let's bring on guest number two uh because I'm, I'm basically just too excited i want to get to raptors basketball as fast as possible um she's on the podcast a bunch she's amazing she has her own podcast uh buckets and tea uh she'll tell you about that obvi um she's looking pretty profesh here on zoom with like a bunch of voice actor set up um <laughs> uh, yeah she's hilarious she's amazing at writing comedy basketball everything give it up as loud as you can for katherine niker spooky music episode <laughs> oh yeah true it's it's a real vibe between Dan and I. It's a real vibe. Yeah. I'm looking across at you and you're looking back at me and those are our music. It's like I uh I oh man, no, I was about to make way too deep of a reference. I watched uh The Great Gatsby recently and it reminded me of that like green light that he keeps staring at across the bay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like that's, that's 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 the move. That so is sorry. a hot, I'm so sorry. Literal reference to start this pod off with. I'm a West Egg guy myself, so like I totally get it. But you know what? I often I'll be like green, like jealousy or envy. Great Gatsby, and someone will look at me and they'll be like, 
what? I don't care. Oh, those people so, can't hang with us. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that is one of the books I was forced to read in high school. So you best believe I remember I'm here. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk Raptors. Let's get into it right away. Um, Maddie, if you got a Raptor sting, would you give it to me? Let's uh, let's go to you first, Dan. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like. I mean, the Raptors just for me, anyway. It's just pure championship glow. It's like whatever anyone said about them. We're back. We're healthy. We're incredible. Um, but there's like too much good stuff going on right now. So, but I mean, like you know, Fred getting looking like Steph getting a career high thirty six points. That was awesome. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry just like outperforming AD and LeBron combined and getting 14 <laughs> boards. OG yeah. kind of shutting down LeBron and then being like, Oh, now I'll just guard bam. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, what, what, but I guess my question is what am I missing? Like there's, there's, a, there's even more. So, well, I think Gasol's looking really good. Um, and I'm really happy he got that three pointer uh, because like, I do think he, if he just can hit like one of those in the game, like yeah. the way he plays defense is so fucking crazy that like, if he hits one of those a game, it's like, what? <laughs> he's doing that too. So like, and he's only going to get better if he keeps hitting those. So it's like, I don't want him to stop trying because he's missed a lot of shots in the past couple games, like almost all of them, except that for makes sense. when he's in the paint. Right. But like, but I, I want him to just keep shooting and because he has a good shot. He just has to get used to it. For sure. He, I think, like had, has this weird record for seven footers, uh, you know, threes made in the course of a playoffs and a final. So mm-hmm. even though he does hit sporadic threes, it's kind of key because it greases the wheel. Like, and, and I always feel like with Gasol, he just doesn't look at the basket enough. Right. Like if people know you're going to pass and only looking to pass, it ends up being like a, the opposite of like floor spacing. Right. So I think he has to, even if he just fires up a shot and it's a brick every once in a while, I think he has just to create that. Yeah. Yeah. Just that respect and kind of like stay vigilant. But um, yeah, and I think I mean, Siakam's looking really good too, but I think that like, and I might be wrong here, but I, I think he's just a really smart player. So like people might pick on like, Oh, he's not like standing out too much lately. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but it's like, yeah, but, a smart player doesn't start like hogging the ball when Lowry's on fire. You know what I mean? Like totally. a smart player is not going to be like, Oh, Fred's on his way to 40 points. I want to get my points because fuck him. You know, it's like, no, he's creating shit for everybody and he's still playing amazing defense. And I think he's just picking his time. Like, and I'd much rather have a different player score 30 plus points every game you know what I mean? Like if, if Kyle plays a game and scores 30 plus points, the next game Fred does it, the next game Siakam does it, okay. You know what I mean? I know. Let, let's cycle through them. I don't give a shit. Like I know. It's like I, we have okay. a wicked team. Like That sentiment is like where I'm at. It's basically like who's your good player? We'll lock them down. Who's our good player? Changes every night. We're the champs. Like It's, like, <laughs> it's this weird type of like – I don't know. I mean – 
I think basketball or sports always has a way of kind of like bringing you back down to earth. But after this break to come in like this, because, you know, the, the analysts and the pundits and everyone had time to kind of like reframe it as like, okay, okay. Now it's a couple months away from the Raptors, like announcing that they're contenders, but like, let's just pretend they're not. Let's move Boston ahead of them. Right. Clippers and Lakers, obviously. And then this whole kind of conversation starts without us. So it's, yeah, it's just a nice validating moment. Like the first time Kyle took a charge, I in like, the scrimmages. You mean? No, in, in, in the scrimmages. Uh. Yes. But like in the scrimmages, I smiled, but I think, I don't know who he took it. It might've been like Caldwell Pope. And he's also just like old man gaming everybody. And it's so funny to me. Like I was just before this uh, pod um, or before we, we, uh, we met up on zoom I was uh, watching the Miami Heat highlight uh, highlights and the Olenek thing. They were so furious when Kyle was in pain. And then like he wasn't in pain when he was shooting his free throw. They're like, oh, I guess his eye doesn't hurt anymore. And I'm like, yeah, it probably never did. Um, but I love Kyle. I, I'm just saying I love that. I love that Kyle makes people mad. It's so fun for me. I'm sure his uh, eye hurt for a solid 10 seconds or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? His eye probably did hurt. That's, <laughs> that's on me. Um, but yeah, Catherine, like obviously I named some big moments, but uh, feel free to zero in on any one of those or like, yeah. How are you feeling? Like kind of like having the champions back our champions. Well, I mean, overall it, it feels great. I do feel slightly like I'm still on a bit of a high from Saturday, which is maybe illogical at this point, but uh, it just feels so great uh, for me. It's just been really good to see this team healthy and seeing what we're really capable of at full strength. And uh, I've also really enjoyed just like the Fred uh, Gasol dynamic. Cause I remember Fred did like this cute little interview back in like January or February. And he was like, yeah, like when we play pickup, I always pick Gasol and they have this like really cool dynamic together. And I feel like it's been great to see that. And, uh, with Gasol, yes, he's missed some shots and it's been disappointing. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've been hard on Gasol in the past and I'm trying so hard not to be, I, but I, and I'm not being hard on him now because I just think he's been injured and he's missed more time than any other healthy player going into this. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense that he would be a little rusty. I would like if he looked for a shot, just like a little more, but yeah. I, again, like I'm not mad at it. Like I'm not mad at it. Fred and I have disagreed on this before. It's fine. <laughs> um, I'm very happy with Casal overall. And, and we'll disagree again. No. And we'll disagree again. Uh, I think Siakam's been great. Uh, I know he hasn't had some like breakout game yet, but he also hasn't had to have one. And mm -hmm. like, if you look at a stat line, it's like, He's got rebounds. He's got blocks. He's got steals. He's doing everything he needs to be doing. So uh, I feel really good about him. I don't know if we're getting like into like the Miami game a bit more because I feel like we really escaped with that game. Um, but I'm still very happy to see the Raptors and generally happy overall. Also, yeah. like, sorry, but that Miami game, Siakam had four fouls in the first quarter. Like, it's not like he was able to oh, do yeah. much. The refs were kind of messed up that game. Like, and especially that, uh, I know we might get into it later, but like that weird play where like uh, Buddy grabs OG's leg. Yeah. And it's not a flagrant because yeah. OG's foot didn't get broken. Like, yeah, you know what nice. I mean? It's like, what? Is that the precedent? Like, 
So it's now not. people have yeah. to be injured or at least fake it a little bit to get any kind of a call. Cause that's weird. Like, OG just was like, I don't care. Like he didn't give a shit. He didn't even <laughs> complain at all. He didn't look hurt. He just was like, I'm a, like, uh, you know, like I'm just going to barrel through everything. But Hear it, yeah. Hearing the refs explain it made the call even more infuriating. Yeah, totally. Because it was like before it was like, Oh, I don't understand their logic. And now it's like, well, now I know their logic and I still don't understand it. <laughs> You're like, this is the logic. Yeah. And also I feel like the camera angle where it shows the ref come over to like the scorekeepers in this, in this particular instance, the ref like screamed down the barrel of the camera, like he didn't get injured. So it's not a flagrant and then walked away. And it was like, <laughs> that's not how the rule works. And that's no. insane. And you're like, you're a bit too jacked. <laughs> but I think one thing, if anything, it reveals more that with that particular ref, uh, you're going to have to do a little more acting because he's basically yes. proven that he's sold on that. Mm-hmm. In comes Lowry. Was his eye actually hurting? You know, what that, I mean? Oh, my God. Here call? we go. Here we go. I mean, I think his eye actually hurt because you could see him like... Yeah. React initially. Oh, for sure. One of his contacts fell out or something like <laughs> the, oh, the the first ga- first regular season game back. The OG contact timeout was so like, yeah. oh, my God, <laughs> Can this really guy funny. just get some solid. Contact? <laughs> I know. I mean, sports contacts. That's a that's a legit thing because. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like other players wear contacts and they do not have this many <laughs> issues. I know. I so. feel like OG opens his eyes too wide or something. These are the driest <laughs> eyeballs. Yeah, or dry, Such yeah. dry eyes. Just dry, yeah. Dry, dry yeah. ice eyeballs. Yeah. He's like, he hangs around like a dry in my eyes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I feel like my next question uh, you guys kind of destroyed with your logic. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, because it was one of those like setup questions. So it was basically, you know, and, and I'll stick with you, Catherine, kind of like what's your, what's of greater concern? Siakam being tentative or kind of like the like lower half of our bench rotation, not, you know, not really looking like excellent like they were. And I feel like you both kind of spoke to how I feel about Siakam where, it's less about him being tentative and more about him reading the game and he's still wicked on D and yeah, the four fouls. So maybe the Siakam thing is kind of a non-story. So let's just focus on the bench. (laughs) I'm not worried about Siakam. Certainly not yet. I mean, uh, I think his two games were pretty solid. I mean, also too, you have to realize like Kyle went for, what was it? 33. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then Fred, the next game went for 36. Yeah. So it's just like Siakam hasn't just needed to have this like crazy high scoring game, but I'm sure he will have a breakout game at some point. And he did make some big, that, that play on AD. Oh yeah. Uh, late in the game. So he did, you know, he is picking his spots. It's actually just, you know, like Dan was saying earlier, it's just a great situation with so yeah. many smart, talented players. I mean, is he being tentative or is he just reading the room? I think he's reading the room. Yeah, I, I would think so. Like, I, I just don't have any reason to believe that he's being tentative for any other reason uh, up until this point. In terms of the bench, I really think this is more of a Nick Nurse thing. Um, hmm. I think he spends most of the regular season figuring out who his rotation is. And then once that's set, they're good to go. And I feel like even though we have these eight regular season games, he's pretty much figured that out at this point. 
Yeah, and, I think that's exactly it. Sorry, yeah. go on. No, no, and so I think he just doesn't feel as much of a need to get those guys going or see what they have. I feel like he's confident in the eight rotation that we have, and then any changes from there would just be based off of matchups or hopefully not injuries. Um, but he gave them a lot of chances during the scrimmage games. Like I feel like he gave them like almost full four quarters or not full four quarters, the full fourth quarter um, mm-hmm. to play and to kind of be able to showcase what they have in the bubble. Cause I mean, I don't know how it works for them in terms of being signed on to other teams next season or like people put together like clip reels for them. Like, do they go like, like does O'Shea Brissett end up with like a demo reel of like what he was able to do for the season. And then his like agent shows that to other teams. I don't know how it works in my mind. That's how it works. I because, actually think that is how it works. Yeah. So it's like, they have their little, so they have like their bubble clips and people aren't going to know if that was a scrimmage game or not, I mean, that's how I would do it. So I feel like they got those moments and now it's just like, this is, this is our eight. This is our rotation now. Yeah. I mean, I think it does seem like that. And I guess I was expecting nurse to go a bit deeper in, uh, in the bench in these games. Like I, not necessarily like um, Matt Thomas deep, but I was kind of thinking that we would for sure every game see Boucher, Terrence Davis and Rondé. And I have, so, a, Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say so far that hasn't been the case. Like Boucher didn't play a minute against Miami. Um, and I think Terrence Davis has played very limited minutes and please insert conspiracy jokes here. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why, but it's probably not. Um, no, yeah, but sorry. I don't yeah, I don't know how much Nick Nurse likes Terrence Davis. And I'm not necessarily saying that's like um that's not based on like what's happened recently on a social media or anything like that. But I think even last year during the regular season, like he was playing like Pat McCoss so much and everybody was like, why aren't you playing Terrence Davis? Why aren't you playing Terrence mm-hmm. Davis? And there was just something that like he saw that we couldn't see for whatever reason. And um, apparently Pat McCoss. Pat McCaw's like sick of the guitar, so they jam a lot or whatever. <laughs> is that true? Or are you just no, no, I'm just okay. joking. <laughs> Sorry, because that just like the fantasy in my mind. Anyway, um, think, oh yeah, it actually is. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think Nick Nurse is just like smarter than me. You know what I mean? It's like because I, yeah. I, I when I saw Terry, let me stop you right there. Too. No way. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Basketball wise, Freddie. Basketball. Okay, sorry. Wise. Yeah, you know, just because you're like um, overall, like, yeah, like, sorry. Yeah. Like, I coached uh, under six kids YMCA league, and I think I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but no, like, I, because I see Terrence Davis, and he does amazing, like, before the bubble, uh, before the COVID stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's like my favorite guy now. Like, play him all the time because he's like hitting threes. He's got swagger. He's like creating energy. And you're like, this is the guy, right? But I think Nick Nurse is smart enough to be like, yeah, but he's still new. And it's like, if you start like blowing smoke up a new guy's ass, it's like, he's not going to want to learn. Cause it's like, he's, he's going to feel like he's achieved the thing that the coach was looking for. And I'm not saying that everyone's like this, but I'm saying, I think coach nurse is like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're pretty good. You have the potential to be really great, but we have like a lot of really great guys here. So 
you chill, get better and just keep trying. But I do actually think that like this anti-vax stuff does affect everyone. Cause if, if I think about it, like just in my life, mm-hmm. there's people I respect that are saying crazy stuff right now. And I don't know how, what to make of it. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't know how to deal with it. And it's not different in this situation because it's a team living in a one floor of a hotel that is in a bubble all together. And if one of them has crazy thoughts, then it's like, it's going to affect the other ones, even just on the basis of them being like, what? Like we thought he was cool. Like, like putting holes in his mask and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I think there's a level of, you know, people who get put on a pedestal and every time something like this happens, that pedestal is like, you know what I mean? And it affects them too, because they can see that people are treating them differently. And now their confidence goes down and TD hasn't played well since all this happened, uh, like at all. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just me looking into it too much, but uh, I don't know. I feel like we were always quick to like dismiss something like that because they're not real people. They're just a show on TV, but it's like, no, no, there are real people living together now. It's like a reality show. We're not watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like kind of just jumping onto your point, like, you know, we'll, we'll never know with these things, but of course someone's real life is going to greatly affect their their like playing ability and just the, their, their state they're in. Like, I don't know where it's all at with Fred, but I know that MLSE did make an announcement about it. So it was like serious enough that they were like, Hey, Bobby Webster and Messiah are talking to Terrence Davis. Right. So that to me is already like, that's pretty for real. Like this isn't like a, you know, just a off the cuff, like, Oh, you know, like, that sucks, but whatever. It's very much just like, we need to address this because if it continues, then it, it can't continue, basically. Right. Well, do we think that Nick Nurse wouldn't play him over this? Because I just feel like, I mean, this hasn't really happened with the Raptors, but just generally speaking, like players have messed up and they've done things in their personal life and they've said things and they still get playing time. Yeah, I don't think so I'm, I'm just asking like, I don't yeah. I don't know. No, it's a, it's a good question because like, you know, I think also with conspiracy theory and like magical thinking and, you know, having a big platform and spreading untruths um, or, you know, retweeting like, you know, troll accounts or, you know, pro Trump accounts type thing. I think it is dangerous, but it definitely is another level when like with the hole in the mask is like, I'm willing to put you in danger. Yeah, I agree. Which to me is like, whoa, the NBA has put so much into this. I was going to say, I think it's less about, I think the playing time is less about the beliefs and more about the reaction to being told that's not cool. Because it's like, he can think whatever he wants, but if Masai goes up to him and says, hey dude, like, I don't give a shit what you think. Like, you have to wear a mask. And you got to stop posting this stuff. Because it's like, and then if he still, if his, his response is like, what? Like, I, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. Then all of a sudden it's going to affect his playing time. Because it's like, that's an attitude. Like, the whole attitude of the team depends on each other. So it's mm-hmm. like, if this one guy is like being stubborn and feels like he's being smited, slighted. Yeah. No. You know? I like, I like that you, you like, I said smited, but it is slighted, <laughs> but it could be both. Yeah. It really is a smited, slighted scenario. I mean, I, I could see, 
I could see how, especially <laughs> the <laughs> the hole in the mask, could really rub the team the wrong way because it's like everybody's made these sacrifices to be there. Everybody's like away from their families, their kids, etc. And it's like, you know, if you're not with us, then like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Well, and there's probably like also, you know like you know sp- speaking to what uh dan was saying earlier too and like the kind of the competitive spirit of this team there's a lot of other guys who are like um just gonna put my hand up i'm not that much worse than terrence davis following all of the protocols cheers <laughs> you know what I mean? like, there's probably some guys who are like just so you know very hungry to play even one two three minutes a game you know what i mean so yeah. i think that's always a thing in the nba um, Can I ask you something? I was wondering what you guys thought about because, like, I before the the break, Abaka was playing out of his mind, like best season of his career out of his mind. You know what I mean? And I feel like since we've come back, like he's pretty solid when he's playing, but like I don't think he's getting a lot of minutes. It's it's am I, I it might just be my lack of education as to something, but like, thanks for naming that, Dan. Yeah, that's what it is. Is it? Um, Move on. Like, I'm not Nick Nurse, and uh, I've come to accept <laughs> that now. <laughs> no, I think uh, it, it's, it's a good point because, I mean, my take on that is that Gasol has missed so much of the year, right? And we've relied on kind of Ibaka's kind of like reliable offense, especially you know those those foul line jump shots, um, and he developed into such a good three point shooter that. Really, he's allowed to shoot whenever he wants, but reintegrating Gasol, bringing him into the starting lineup, kind of puts Ibaka and, and also throw Norman to the mix in different roles where it's like, okay, you need to be successful in a different way. And I think for Ibaka, he's more used to it than Norm, where he's like, okay, that just means I'm going to focus more on defense, like last year in the playoffs. Whereas Fred, I think he still tries to be the scorer, but it's kind of it's a bit harder for him. Or I mean, sorry, uh, Norm. But uh, you know, Norm's actually made some good passes in the in the in in his two games. So I think he's making it work. Um, had really great games in the scrimmages. Like yes. oh, I don't yes. I don't remember the off. stats, but he had huge games. And I think now they're just trying to like get Gasol more. Comfortable. Yeah, I, I well, think that was so, my yeah. impression. But I mean, I don't know for sure. That was the well, impression yeah. that I got. When, well, yeah, when he, if he's allowed like 15, 20 shots a game, I think Serge is like. You know, he he kind of like brings it's more of a surge game. It's less of a role player, but he's still a good role player, which is right. It could just but, be um, matchups, too. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how well Serge uh, uh, lines up against Miami and the Lakers. Lakers, yeah, maybe. I thought maybe he would actually there's a part of me that thought he might start against Miami. Hmm. But uh yeah, let's uh, let's kind of move to the playoffs, um, Dan. Uh, I'll go to you first here. Um, yeah, when you look at the standings, you know, after some ga- some teams have played three games, some teams have played two. Kind of thinking about it from the Raptors' perspective. Yeah, like what's you know the playoffs are right around the corner. I think we'll get one pod in, one more pod in before the playoffs start. So it's going to happen fast. Right. Like what, yeah, what, what are you thinking of in terms of the Raptors in the playoffs, knowing they're going to, it's going to start in six games. I think we're in a good position. We have a really hard schedule. So I like that. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I think that it's dangerous, like injury wise, especially since people have been off for so long. And, that's a very good point. Um, so that's what I'm a little worried about, especially with the bench situation. Cause it's like, those guys need to step up a little bit just in case. Cause like Kyle literally just puts his body in front of everything. <laughs> so, I know like he's as much as I want to imagine that he's like invincible. Cause he seems that way. It's just not the case. And you just don't know when a seven footer is going to land on his face. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm worried about that a little bit, but I mean, we are just kind of a gritty team. So I think that's good. I like the, uh, I like, the competition when we get to the 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 playoffs we're going to be like ready to go you know what i mean and it looks like you know i i kind of looks like we might play orlando or the nets if orlando falls i know that was a pretty sh- shit injury to isaacs the other day so oh god that's horrible uh yeah you never like to see people carried off in a wheelchair with a leg injury um but yeah like i'm not worried about the first round at all i don't oh, think God, yeah you know what i mean like and it's it's like i keep hearing this and i kind of agree but it's like it's hard to envision a team beating us four times like in a series like between our crazy defense and our coach of the year i don't care what the nba <laughs> crap said but um like it just seems like there's a lot to deal with with us i think any team will be afraid of us i don't think that you know we're going to be an easy game. I think I, um, like I, I, we were talking earlier, but I, I agree with you. I think we're going to sweep someone this year. So like I hope so. That is. I hope our franchise gets its first sweep. Maybe uh, I'm, I'm going to th- throw this into your, your question, Catherine. So what, what I just asked Dan, like kind of how you feeling thinking about the standings, thinking about how the Raptors are, are heading into the playoffs. And by the way, Dan, I agree with every single thing you said. I feel like we're such a primed boxer. Uh, our first round is going to be a bit of a joke. And we just, but also, yeah, these games that are hard are really good, but also we're scrappy. And I don't want someone, you know, I don't want to be playing like a desperate Memphis team and jaw, you know, tries to crown, I don't know, surge and like, I don't know. Well, yeah, like gives him an eye, eye injury. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, a great example, Freddie. But uh, Catherine, I'm going to throw the uh, the Nick Nurse equation in, into the question for you because shame on me for not bringing up the fact that he was slighted, smited uh, for the for the coach of the year, uh, Billy Donovan. And um, I mean, it's not the final awards yet. It's just the coaches picks. But uh, Billy Donovan and Bud we're tied for first and, and nurse was not in the mix. So let me rephrase the question this way. How are you feeling heading into the playoffs kind of starting to see the landscape knowing we also have a scorned Nick nurse on our side? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know how much Nick nurse cares. Like I think he knows he's getting the coach of the year award. I, Personally, I think I felt more slighted than Nick Nurse did, honestly. <laughs> like, I think I was probably more annoyed than he got. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, all this tells me is um, those guys have been in the league as for a long time, possibly longer than Nick Nurse. 
they probably have friends and people they've coached with that have moved on to other teams and right. pull a vote for their friends, friends and, and connections. friends and connections. And yep. Nick Nurse is like the new hot guy and coach. <laughs> yeah, they're like, who's this Brad Stevens with a bunch of stubble? Yeah, and and he's like cooler than all of them, and not everybody has uh, a healthy enough ego within themselves to be like, yeah, he's just the shit, and that's fine. So love seeing that; it's very interesting, very insightful. And he'll still win coach of the year and everything will be fine. Uh, in terms of the playoffs, I feel very good. I don't see the standings really changing in the Eastern Conference. I mean, yeah, uh, Brooklyn, Orlando might swap, but. Yeah, there's some swap. I, I think it's pretty Indy, Philly. Oh, Indy, Philly could. could yeah, like, Indy, Philly, Miami could. Those three could flip. And Boston's not that far ahead of Miami. So all those four teams could mess around a little bit, but yeah, we'll see. Like there's not that many games left. So, well, I mean the whole narrative uh, before the thing shut down was how important the two spot was going to be in the East. So I feel like as long as we have from a Raptors bias perspective, which that's why we're here. Uh, (laughs) As long as we have that locked in, I feel good because not that you can't get to the Eastern conference finals in one of the other uh, seedings. It's just a much more difficult path. Exactly. And I absolutely do not want to face the Miami heat in any of these rounds. Like they, they know how to beat us, even though we won yesterday and that felt pretty solid. They really know how to win against us. And that is the one team Aside from the Bucks, which I think is a separate conversation, yeah. th- that is the one team I really, really don't want to see. Like, I think Boston, we match up pretty evenly, but I still think we can win that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think like Miami, I mean, they beat us twice this year. And, uh, you know, l- like you said, it was like a bit of a, it's kind of like we, the, the, in the Lakers, we, we smashed them in the end. Um, and with Miami, it's like, we definitely didn't smash them. We've got a lot of foul calls. There's a lot of, it was a free throw game. It no, was they, tight. They, they made costly turnovers at the end of the game. And I think, I don't know if it's because Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry have such a close friendship, which makes me like Jimmy Butler when he's not playing against us, but, uh, he really loves beating us. I mean, even last year when he was on Philly, like he had so many good moments against us. I can't believe Philly let him walk. I feel like that is not mentioned enough. Like I, I, people talk about Philly, like that never happened. And it, it boggles my mind completely. Okay, I don't want to like boggle your mind too much, but I still think it was a good move that they let Jimmy go. Really? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want Jimmy for five years on my team. He's thirty. I don't want a thirty-five-year-old Jimmy. That's oh, because it has to be a five-year deal. Year. I think he was looking for the five-year max. And for me, I, I'm just like, from the age perspective, I'm like, you gotta go, Simmons. And Embiid and figure it out. Like they're both so but young. But then they and, then they also let go JJ Redick, and, and they lost and, so much outside shooting. And they paid Tobias Harris and Horford, which like the Horford thing, I was kind of high on, and it's looked pretty. For the most part, it's looked pretty bad. Uh, so um, perhaps I was wrong. 
but I'll also I know Philly's one of those weird teams for me. I'm count me in the group of people who still fit like like you know how you know you talk about like Miami. I'm not afraid of Miami. I'm afraid of Philly though. Really? Yeah, and I'm not afraid of for for whatever reason. I just think that our front court mixture is good to go against Miami, Boston, or Indiana. And I think that Philly and Milwaukee, it's going to be tougher. Uh, but that's just a matchup thing more so. Like, I don't think Philly's necessarily better than Miami. But anyway, see, we're, we're already talking like all sorts of other balls. So what, should we just move on to the NBA or what? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Maddie, if you got that NBA sting, would you give it to me? This is Adam Silver. I nailed the timing of the Adam Silver like, huh? <laughs> um, Catherine, let's uh, let's stick with you here. What, what what is my what is my first NBA question? Oh yeah, right. Uh What's what's the most exciting? Like it, to me, it's just been it's just been heavenly. Okay, uh, there's been so much good basketball. The first Lakers Clippers game. I don't even want to rattle through moments because I just want to leave it open. What's the most exciting thing you've seen so far, non Raptors? Okay, so just from the NBA, a player, being, whatever. Just from the NBA being back, it feels like. You know, like in a in a normal year when the playoffs first start, we have that opening weekend that's so long with the Saturday and Sunday because it's the beginning of the first round. It mm-hmm. feels like that for like two weeks. Yes. And it's yes. incredible. It's like, oh, my God, like I can't who's watching any other TV. Like it's just there's so many there's so many games and just that alone. I love and it's like August. So it has this like very weird feel to it. Um the thing I love, and I'm sorry, this kind of brings me a little bit back to talking about the Raptors again, but I watched that Rockets uh, Bucks game. Yes. And the Rockets won that game, and they won that game playing defense in the last three minutes of the game. And they are obviously like not a very good defensive team. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for the first time this year, I feel like we can really beat the Bucks. Ooh, that's a good feeling. Because, like, they just, when it really came down to it, didn't have the offensive weapons you would want a team to have when the game's close. Like, Chris Middleton missed two hero three-point shots. In the final minute, like he had two tries on two different possessions to get it and missed both. And it's well, we're talking Rockets defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and and like I wasn't feeling confident before because we hadn't beaten Milwaukee in the regular season. But I feel like defensively, we just know who we are so well. And we do have a big front court. And so I feel like their size, we can, we can't fully match their size, but we can match their size a bit. I don't know. For the first, it gave me a level of confidence I hadn't felt before. And that made me between that and the Lakers game, I felt pretty good. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a perfect, it's a perfect answer to the question. Because A, A, you proved you're a real Raptor fan. Like anytime I, if I ask someone, like this happened a couple podcasts ago, I asked someone how they felt about Chris Bosh and they they ended up telling me how much they hate Bargnani. 
And then I was oh, like, yeah, stop yeah. right there. You're a real Raptor fan. <laughs> like if you, if everything wiggles back to you hating Bargnani or every NBA thing wiggles back to like the Raptors prospects, you're in a good place. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also like a great answer to uh, the, 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 the part about the Bucks and the Rockets. I think when Golden State was ruling the day, everyone was looking for these little glimpses of like, is this team beatable? And I think the bucks are fantastic, but they're not that right. Right. So they're showing more and more glimpses of like them being beatable. So yeah, the Rockets played their style. And and by the way, that was my favorite. That was my most exciting moment so far too, because I just loved, I was talking about this with uh, Miguel and Elisa, my, my brother and sister-in-law. And then they both do the pot as well. Just like how, it was cool to see Bud and Dan Tony, these like these like mastermind rigid coaches be like, no, my system's better than yours. Right. And and that be like the emphasis of the game. Uh, I, th- I thought that was so cool. And um, yeah, it's, it's exciting times. Dan, do you have a do you have an exciting or a most exciting moment? Nope. No, I do. Um, oh I was like, oh my God, is he, am I getting like Ashton Kutcher? Am I getting punked right here in my own show? No. Uh, I, uh, I've really enjoyed the Portland Celtics game the other day. I know it was like, you know, yes, that was a good game. I kind of just, anytime I just hate Boston and I just want to see them lose mm-hmm. and they didn't lose. And it really upsets at me at the end there, but like yeah. I got pretty excited yeah. And like I kind of was pretty sure they were going to win Boston. <laughs> and then like Portland kind of like, I don't know. They tricked me. And uh, Portland's been exciting. Mello has been exciting. I yeah. think. Well, he's been so much better than I think anyone thought he was going to be. But. And also like sh- shout out to Nurkic for being like, I was really badly injured. And my only goal is to really badly injure somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like that seems like it's like everyone's like coming to the bubble. It's like, Oh, maybe we'll make the playoffs or maybe we'll win a championship. Nurk is like, someone's going to get hurt <laughs> and it's not me. Yeah. Like he, like a, a couple of times when he hit Lowry, I was like, Hey, either someone needs to rush Nurk or we need to take Lowry out of this game because <laughs> yeah, we can't have Lowry messing around with like people like just, you know, Dexter Pittman style thrown bows. He he's a natural uh, reality show villain, eh? He's a bruiser. Like, he's oh, a yeah. natural, yeah. Um, um I yeah. guess the other thing would be uh it's just fun to see TJ Warren doing really well. That was awesome. Like I didn't even really I'll be honest, like I didn't really know who he was uh till this bubble. Uh so like I don't think he, he did either. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> but like uh, you know, I've been like looking stuff up and like I guess he was traded there for cash considerations, which is like, yep. feels like, you know, they're playing some money ball over there. Kind of some Raptors esque signings that are like, you know, yeah. a win, 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 win. Like the guy got over 50 points the other day. It's just like, come yeah, on. Got, I just heard on a podcast, you get 56 points. It's the, I believe it's the second or third highest scoring game from a pacer ever. <laughs> Wow. So Paul George never did it. It's Jermaine O'Neal and I think Reggie Miller. Wow. Um, which is just wild. Um, okay. There's so much NBA stuff here. I want to, I want to keep this going. Catherine, I'm going to go. Uh, no, sorry, Dan, I'm going to stick with you. Then we'll, we'll do Catherine second. Yeah. So, so just 
whatever way you want to take this, like, what do you feel like watching the games? Are you impressed? Disappointed? Are, you know, obviously we're making jokes about the like max headroom and, you know, the people looking weird, like yeah. the audience, but yeah, well, what's your just like kind of summary take on, on how it looks? Well, how it looks, I think the audience is really funny. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know why the technology is not better. Like, it <laughs> seems like everybody, it's like, it's like they got like two gigs of data and are running it at like, you know, five frames per second. It's just like the weirdest thing ever. And like, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And it's like, it, to me, it's like, you know, if you thought we were a video game before, now the audience is literally bad graphics and it's just so funny. I, I don't know. It's been, it's still, I think out of all the sports, it's probably the best one. Like, I mean, like baseball was like a circus. Like I, I was like, what is happening with all these kind of fans? And like, oh, it was man. just so strange to watch. Like I saw I a know. picture of a diving catch where this guy is like diving. And it was like a beautiful catch. And it's like, the sun is like, it's just a magnificent <laughs> photo. And in the back, you're like, wait, what's that? And it was just like nine or 10 stuffed gray elephants. Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? Like there's all these different stuffed animals. <laughs> there's like a pink, yeah, pink teddy so, bears. It's so eerie. It's so eerie. And they clearly had so many seats to fill. And it also looked like oh it had God. rained. Oh my God. Oh, wet wet elephants. It, it's like, why? But sorry. No, if but, anything's uh, going to carry Corona, it's a wet stuffed animal. <laughs> right? A wet stuffed elephant, for sure. We don't know. Um, one thing I really like about this uh, is that and I actually think, I, again, we talked about this like the other day, but um, I really think that they should kind of like elaborate on it and make it a bigger deal, which is like, I love that players from other teams can come and watch the games kind of like an all-star situation or a summer league situation. But it's like, you know, those players are showing off for each other. Like, it's like, we're kind of getting that all-star feel, but they're playing defense. You know what I mean? It's like DeRozan can come and watch Raptors games. Like, and his buddy, you know, it's like, there's cool aspects to that, that I think Mm -hmm. they could probably, um, they could elaborate on. I'd like to see some interviews with some of those players watching Mm -hmm. the game. You know what I mean? Like, why aren't they doing that? And yeah, go, go deeper into like the summer league, like hardcore basketball vibes. Yeah, but mostly I like it. I like the way the benches are set up because they kind of look like the stands and the players end up becoming the fans kind of. Um, And the Black Lives Matter stuff is everywhere. And I, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, going in, I didn't really want this to happen. Like I wanted it to happen for right, my mental health or... and for basketball. Cause I love it. But I was like, I don't know, man, like maybe just let's chill out for a bit until this yeah. is all over. But now that it's been forced upon us in the best way, I guess is it's like, I have, like I, it's so good for me. You're like, <laughs> fine dunk on my heart. I love no, that. Really, it's, it's weird. It's like, it's three hours or two hours that I'm not thinking about crazy stuff. I'm just watching a game. Oh and yeah. It's for me, even it's like, like 12 and hours. It's constantly pushing the black lives matter and all that stuff. So I'm like very happy to be watching that and like that that's getting out there. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it so far and I don't really hold anything against them. I mean, like the, the board is insane. Like the, the board is insane. The fans, but yeah. Yeah. And I don't uh, get why the scoreboard is so glitchy still. Like, it's like that's my biggest thing is <laughs> I, I, I like the only thing that bothers me as a basketball fan is I'm just so used to watching the shot clock. 
So half the games are like, why would they change that? <laughs> I think they fixed it already. Cause there must've been a, enough maniacs like me who were like, I don't care that there's no fans, but I need the shot clock or yeah. like, um, yeah, Catherine, what's your, what's your take on like the, yeah. I mean, everything Dan was talking about the, the vibes, the, yeah, the, I guess the overall aesthetic. Um, the virtual fans, like I've been really back and forth on it. Cause like at first I really didn't like it Yeah. cause I was just like, look, we all know what the deal is. We all know they're in a bubble. We don't have to pretend people are there when they're really not there. Like, I don't know why we're doing that, but I think as it's evolved, it's become more like tongue in cheek. And that's the thing that I like about it. Like it's become more funny now than it is like, we're just pretending people are there when they're not really there. So at least there's like some humor behind it, which I like. Not taking itself too seriously. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And that's what I like about it. Um, What I, uh, the only my only gripe, if you will, I don't mm-hmm. use that word very often, so I paused. Great. Please. Anyway. Great <laughs> away. Uh, is I don't like that. So, like, the virtual fans seem to be, um, like, players, family, friends, some former players, and I think it's, like, season ticket holders, which is, like, cool and all, but I kind of wish there was, like, a bit of, like, a lottery to have just, like, regular fans be a part of it as well. Like, I don't like that it it almost feels somewhat elitist to me to be a virtual fan and i wish like please like have like all those people there but it's like weirdly enough there's still empty seats for some reason whenever the empty seats come on it's like why can't we have like oscar like seat fillers you know i mean why are there empty seats in the virtual fans like i just feel like there's room to like open that up to the public and i think that would be uh really fun and more like engaging, yeah. I think. Every team does that different, right? Like, I know like one place is sponsored by Michelob cigarettes and you get a seat by going to the Michelob cigarettes website and signing up there. And then another place is season oh, tickets wow. holders. And another place, like Toronto has no options I, that I could find. Oh, I didn't, so I I think didn't realize all just it was like different for, for everyone. I wonder if it's friends. like an, an American Canadian thing where it's kind of like there's some internet issues like in that regard like privacy um okay let's let's, i don't know um sorry wait i just wanted to mention one other thing the other thing that i i really like about the look is because there's no like courtside fans we get that courtside camera angle and we can actually see what that view is like and i love that camera angle like i think some people didn't like the new camera angles because they felt it was a bit jarring i love the new camera angles i think it's really cool yeah the uh, i love the side one too and it's wicked for replays i just i i want them to just you know keep a good toggling pace me too because sometimes when they're scrolling and it's like okay great you know let's say lowry's setting up to pick and roll but it's like, I can't make out who's in the far wing. Right, right. And yeah, maybe it's a better replay angle. Yeah. Well, well I, I don't even mind it if it's kind of, I, I just wish just you could almost keep it like, there for too long. Like, yeah, it's like, like when they keep yeah. it there on the side view yeah. and you're like, you're trying to look through, it's like there, there's a crowd of people and you're looking through them. But it's like, if they do that and then they toggle back to the other view, it's it makes more sense of the perspective. But then yes. if they keep it on that side view, you're just almost like in a crowd. You're like uh, looking through it. It's weird. There's also that camera that all these players seem to notice. <laughs> like it's like from the above and you just, every once in a while you see a player like look directly into the lens <laughs> And you're like, is there a drone 
Like it's probably here. just like a big like drone spaceship that says how <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man kyle's wave was amazing um okay let's yeah. uh this the, this this last question is uh um important so uh you know if, if you don't have an exact example that's okay i don't want to put either of you guys on the spot but um dan you mentioned it i'm really enjoying it like there's so much kind of black lives matter content Obviously, there's, uh, you know, me, me and Matt have talked about this before, but, you know, kind of monitoring the, the corporatization of, of, of the movement. So there's elements of that for sure. But also there's a lot of kind of like genuine, um, like, you know, Rick Carlisle was interviewed and like, it, it's like people are expected to have an educated response about this. And I really like what that's bringing out in everybody. Uh, but you know, it doesn't have to be a, a specific player moment or whatever, but Catherine, I'm going to go to you first. Um, yeah. Is there, is there something in regards to black lives matter or kind of like a pro black, uh, statement or symbol or action that, that you've seen so far that stands out to you as, as impactful? Um, well, I think all of it collectively is impactful. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, um, I like that the coaches have their own thing as well. Um, yeah, I think, they've done a really good job uh, establishing that they're not going to be a distraction and that they will do everything they can to uh, continue the conversation. Um, And I also think like going forward, like it could just say black lives matter on the court, like seasons after this, like, I, like, I don't think it should even be just a bubble thing. Like I think that should just be the new standard going forward. Um, I do. Okay. I actually love the education reform uh, on the jerseys. I feel like people have been giving that like a weird like side eye. And I don't understand why I think education reform is one of the better. uh, Well, we're not ranking them, but you know what I mean? Like, I think it's more impactful than just saying like peace or, you know what I mean? Like on your Jersey, like I just think education reform is so important. And it really, I actually think it, it makes people think and it's, one of the few that are like uh directly uh actionable if that makes sense like it's like a it's a very specific demand within the larger you know conversation and i i love education reform nobody should be criticizing education reform (laughs) that's it no that's that's perfect um yeah. Dan, is there, is there any kind of like one thing for you or is it like the overall feeling like you were already saying? And like, I think um, that is the gist of it. It's like this. Yeah. I just wrote the league seems to be doing a good job, keeping everything in the forefront with those like wicked edited videos off the top and like mm-hmm. all the like players that are also socially, you know, out there in the streets. Um, and then also, you know, I also kind of appreciate, and I don't usually think this is a thing that happens, but the media has actually been doing a good job of keeping their questions, at least at some point, uh, like they always ask about it. And I think they've yes. like responded to the players in such a positive way because the players were like, you know, like, don't forget to talk about this. So like the media was like, okay, we're not going to forget to talk about this. So then it's cool. that was really yeah. cool to see that they responded that way because that's just more gross than I don't think was a given, you know? And, uh, and then as like a specific moment, I think like two people in one week said the same thing. Lowry was one of them, but just the whole kneeling for 
four minutes during the national anthem. Yeah, that was my giving him perspective and making mm-hmm. a dent in the actual board is pretty crazy. So, yeah, I think it was Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers and Kyle yeah, Lowry. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think that's really you know good for him for bringing that up afterwards. And but that's also the media asking him about it. So that's right. Yeah, it's all working together nicely, and it's nice to see people. No, being well, yeah. Well, very well articulated, Dan. And I think like that kind of speaks to the systemic nature where it's like, yeah. So you, you know, you're going to need multi, like multiple levels of people here um, coordinating and communicating and, 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 you know, also jumping on Catherine's point too, being aware that you're a potential distraction and saying, Hey, we love basketball. This is amazing. You love basketball. That's awesome. Um, you can continue doing that. But also if you were one of the people that, you know, wanted to use basketball to ignore this, that's over. Yeah. So however you want to deal with that, do you right. want to not be a fan anymore that you can do that or you can learn or whatever. So I think, yeah, I mean, great answers. And like, I, I think, there is that one commercial that's kind of funny though. Which one? Where it's like, I forget the exact wording, but it's like, some would argue we don't even need basketball right now. And then it like has all these like edits and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, because maybe basketball's a distraction. And then it's like, but maybe we need a little distraction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait. <laughs> It's like, do you gotta bring in the Liam Neeson voice to everything? It's like I know it's so funny when something's serious, and it's like, I guess you're feeling pretty bleak during the pandemic. <laughs> oh yeah, actually. Um, okay, you know what? That that's funny. Let's uh, let's wrap this off with some uh, wrap this up with some uh, quickish questions. Catherine, Dan, does that sound fun to you? Sounds good. Maddie, if you're ready, would you please give me that quickish question sting? Quickish question. It feels good doing that. Um, if it doesn't feel good listening to Please write the podcast. Uh, I'll change. I'll change. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me just fire up these questions. I thought I thought I had it preloaded. I did oh. not. So. That's right. Matt's playing the sting. I deserve it. That's okay. But I'm um, I'm ready. I'm already there. You there? Uh, so. Are there uh, rules for this? Oh, there's rules. I was going to say for anyone, you know, listening to the podcast for the first time. Thank you. This is quickish questions. Uh, I'm going to read some questions as quick as humanly possible. They might not make sense. I might stutter. I might get a comma wrong. It's confusing sometimes, but that doesn't matter because the guests have to answer as quickly as humanly possible. (laughs) And you'll hear Matt. He tries to stall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He Uh, can tell he's tapping away (laughs) on the computer. It's not okay. Mm. Um, So you don't phone a friend, no stalling. You answer as quick as you can. Let's do Catherine, Dan, Matt. Are we ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Ready. (laughs) That was a funny sound. Um, Let's do this. Uh, Catherine. Any creative tips on how to safely watch these games with friends? Oh, 
Uh, actually, I watched the Lakers game with some friends uh, at a friend's backyard. We sat, you know, social distance, and he had a, an outdoor projector. Uh, shout out Leonard Chan. Leonard <laughs> Chan? That was uh, yeah. really cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Friends with comedian Leonard Chan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and follow him, by the way, if you're listening to this and you don't know him. Uh, Dan. Uh, other than the Raptors, what team has benefited from uh, benefited the most from the break uh, slash the bubble environment? Oh, um, I'm going to say probably the Lakers, just because uh, LeBron's older yeah. and he didn't have to have a whole season of you know neglecting his body and yeah, <laughs> now he's maybe a little fresher or maybe yeah, we'll see what happens. Little father time. Um, that was a weird joke, uh, Matt. <laughs> um, what what washed NBA player are you most excited to see back, and why is it uh, Joakim Noah? <laughs> um, well, you know, Noah. I'll, I'll stick with Noah. Sure, it's always uh, you know coming from Nick's land. It, it's tough. It's crushing. And uh, he was somewhere else before that, though, right? Did he, he, I think Memphis. Memphis. Like a week. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's he's uh playing with the, the, the big boys here with the with the clips. And he's someone that I believe hasn't won a ring before. Yep. So it's always fun to root for those guys because we don't have to do that. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, man. That, that, that's the perfect answer, folks. Um, you covered all the bases. Uh, okay, uh, Catherine, uh, the benches have been lively and hilarious. Which Raptor is going to be the MVP of the bubble bench? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like before it was uh, O'Shea and um, Hernandez. Yeah. But O'Shea keeps wearing the mask the whole game, which, like, kudos. But uh, it kind of, I feel like it takes away from the, I feel like we actually have one of the quieter benches. Have you noticed? Um, yeah, it's a little bit like a church in there, boys. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little quiet. I feel like I want our, my answer is I, I want our bench to, to step up in terms of just being loud and obnoxious and cheering. Okay. Fair enough. Dan, coaches have ditched the suit and are now wearing the equivalent of Best Buy uniforms. What attire do you think would be a better fit? Just uh, anything? Sure, yeah. I think uh, like mechanics jumpsuits would be pretty cool just because like it would be like this is this guy's like, you know, he's working on his team. He's he's going to get in there, get nice and greasy. Great answer. Uh, Matt, (laughs) NBA mascots versus Disney mascots halftime show. Whoa. Just an idea. idea. So this isn't even a question. Yeah. Uh, Well, (laughs) the first thing that came into my mind was uh, King Cake Baby. And I want to see him, uh, I don't know, him and Goofy go at it? Sure, I would do that. <laughs> um, Catherine, do you they think the NBA... should be the virtual audience. Oh, God. Yeah, they, they should be the virtual audience. It definitely should. Yeah. worst comes to worst, like, do some kind of, like, Westworld cosplay. Oh. <laughs> That's what we need. Okay. <laughs> Catherine, do you think the NBA has some tricks up, this, uh, up their sleeve to elevate the actual playoff games? Uh, and ultimately the NBA Finals? Uh, no. 
No tricks. You hear that? I don't think they have any tricks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No tricks. We did. Perfect answer. Dan, uh, since he hasn't seen many minutes yet, what fun things should Slim Duck lift with all of his extra muscle? (laughs) Um, I think he should lift a life size uh, mannequin of Barnyarney. Great. Yeah. Uh, Full stop. That's it. Full stop. Yes. Yes. Given the concerns around coronavirus, will Marcus Ole's son, Joel Embiid, and his buddies, the Philadelphia 76ers, still be making their early playoff exit annual fishing trip to Cancun? Or what alternative activities will they be doing whilst the Raptors remain on course to another NBA Finals? Wow. Okay, fishing trip in Cancun. Is that what they do? Jeez. Okay, well, I don't think they're going to go to Cancun when they are out early, but they will uh, be respectful still of the coronavirus uh, restrictions. They're just going to head down to the Everglades uh, in Florida there, and they're going to wrestle some alligators. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. And Joel Embiid, you know, he's like, he's messing around with some... He's going to like, Joel Embiid will be the one that like puts his head in the alligator's <laughs> <Yeah>. mouth. <laughs> and he'll be biting down and he'll be like, ow, ha, ha. Like, oh my God. It's scary. Um, Catherine, yes. which NBA on air personality should replace Ellen? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Kendrick Perkins. Yep. Solid. Solid. 100%. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's ready too. Uh, Dan. What's your dream in the bubble breakfast? Oh, um, just kind of like waffles shaped like Mickey's head, and then some eggs shaped like Donald's head, and then maybe some like beans in the shape of like Goofy's head. Sure. And then like some like Pluto themed cutlery, and uh, yeah. Maybe some tickets up for the on ice events if they have them. Oh, yeah, throw in some extra tickets. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, throw in some tickets. Uh, Matt. Yes. Um, what is the name of the single Drake drops once the Raptors win the Larry OB again? Keep in mind, back to back is already a song. Oh, boy. Um, a Drake song. I'm not stalling. I'm not stalling. Here it comes. Uh, Ah, started from the bubble. Now we hear. That's pretty good. Pretty good. good. That's okay. about, I think that's one of the only songs I remember. <laughs> Checks out. Um, <laughs> I always say Kiki for the song that's for sure not called Kiki. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, let's do a little bit of a lightning round here. Uh, this this is a fun one. So I'm going to describe it, and then you each get one player. Okay. So um, it's going to start with Catherine, but uh, name the specialized weapon for each of these players in a Mario Kart version of basketball. Mario, uh, an example, Mario and Luigi have shells. DK has bananas. Um, Wait, okay. does somebody else want to take this one? Because I'm just not familiar enough. Mario Kart? We'll, we'll, we'll start with Dan. Basically... Imagine these players driving around in a little car <laughs> and they get a weapon that the car has. Yeah. yeah. Some uh, ridiculous thing that they throw at other people. That's right. Oh, so, okay. Dan, I'll start with you though. Kyle Lowry. <laughs> um little bulldogs. 
That's, oh my God, amazing. Um, Matt, uh, LeBron James. LeBron James, uh, I think it would be uh, like a huge powder bomb coming out the back and then it, you know, inks you. You can't see. Oh, I like that. He's like a squid. Yeah. A witness squid. Um, Catherine, Kawhi Leonard. Oh my God. (laughs) What the hell would Kawhi use? Um... Oh, he I'm just starts laughing and then it throws you off and you just like go <laughs> oh, off no, into he's, a ditch. He's a big mushrooms because he's a fun guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah he just has mushrooms. mushrooms? <laughs> but only if they like bounce on the ground four times right. before they land yeah. anybody. <laughs> okay, Dan, uh, this is your last one. Fred Van Vliet. What's his, what's his secret weapon? Newborn babies. Aww. Aww, yeah, he just shows you his baby and you're like, aww. But they're also weapons. <laughs> they're also weapons. They can kill you, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Matt, last one. Um, I'm not sure if you know who this is, but Larry Zbysko. Okay, Larry Zbysko. Um, I don't know who he is, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him something anyway, and you can tell me if it's uh, bang on or not. Um it really, it's just the one that makes you small in Mario Kart. Great, because this is a professional wrestler. Oh, is it? I like that he would just yeah. be like, my secret weapon? I go small. Yeah. Then- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you pin people? Don't worry about it. Um, guys, that's the pod. Uh, you're all the best. Thank you so much. Uh, Catherine, I'll go to you first. Um, yeah, what's up? Uh, you know, buckets and tea. Is happening. Um, why don't you tell people about it or or whatever yes, else? Yes, uh, buckets and tea NBA podcast. We're back. Uh, it comes out on Mondays. Uh, it's just me ranting about the NBA. Uh, I like to do a little gossip as well. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a good time. Uh, you can check it out on Spotify or I or Apple or SoundCloud, or you can follow me on social media at uh, it's me underscore Catherine. Sweet, um, Dan. What about you? Um, if you live in Toronto, you can come and check out some of my on the river shows. Um, there's lots coming up. Uh, next few are sold out, but we have uh, a magic on the river coming up uh, cool. in the next month, which is really great. And some music on the rivers. Uh, so yeah, just go to torontoadventures.ca and get a ticket. And uh, you can check out my website, dangalia.ca, Twitter at the real Dangalia, Insta at DG special. That's it. Hell yeah. This guy's around, not just on the river. <laughs> um, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you're enjoying this, this amazing marathon of basketball, uh, you know, share, subscribe, Hello. you know, just help us, you know, if you want. Um, but if not, no worries. <laughs>